Hi, and welcome to Chai Time, the podcast. This podcast will be exploring through conversation the lives of featured guest creatives and innovators as they share the stories of what it takes to build a successful career in the creatives arts industry. It is through sharing these stories that we hope that all creatives and creators out there will be inspired and motivated to continue working towards their goals and dreams. In this episode, my guest is a very gifted Aaron Crucial Rimbui. He takes time to share with me his incredible journey through the Kenyan music industry scene. Truly an inspiring and amazing story. So welcome to the show. On this episode of Chai Time, the podcast, I will be interviewing Aaron Crucial Rimbui. What? This is amazing, guys. I never thought the day would come when I would have the privilege of sitting down with Aaron and just having a conversation about his musical journey. And uh, so here we are, um, talking to Aaron uh, about his musical journey. I'm sure everyone wants to find out where did all this begin. So we'll just dive straight into it. And uh, here we go. Welcome to the show. Mr. Aaron Crucial <laughs> Keys <laughs> Rimbui. Yes, sir. Yes. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. So let's do this. Let's talk about your musical journey. Um, where did all this begin? Let's go back to the, the beginning. Tell us your story. How did you end up playing piano? You made just that from there. Um, good evening, viewers. <laughs> anyway, what's up? What's up? What's up? Uh, well, I am a young, how old am I? I'm a young 37 years. Of which, um, technically, it's been, um, I think I've been in music all my life, but professionally, probably 20, 17 or 20 years. So it started, uh, my my parents, who also happen to be your parents, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, especially my dad, um, happened to be a, a music connoisseur of sorts. He used to collect uh, records so music was always in the house and he liked entertaining visitors so there's always some music all the time so i think that's where probably the love for music came from but my mom says on her on her journal that she wrote when i was uh, young a few probably a few months that i was attracted to sound so hitting things which is the typical cliche story hitting your pots and pans and sufurias and whatever but yeah, I guess the same thing happened to me. But I think probably it was until in primary school, because um, my first exam for music in uh, standard four or grade four, I got two out of two out of thirty. <laughs> so, <laughs> or was it two or four out of thirty? I had no clue. I think that's where. So, but when I got to standard eight, uh, I think it just changed. I can remember one, one, one test and I just got, happened to get 29 out of, out of 30. So I think that's when I was like, oh, okay. But before that, I used to play drums and, uh, in, uh, in primary school. So anytime I'd get bullied, I found out that a way to, to make the, these kids who are trying to bully me go away was to hit my desk and create some beats. So it was actually a drummer. And my, my dad got me a drum kit when I was in standard five. Uh, 
So um, my brother, Tim, was actually the keyboard player. So when my when dad decided to get some instruments, he got me a drum kit and got Tim a, a, a keyboard. So for me, the keyboard was the piano, anything keys was not in my, in my zone. Though, I think probably later in high school, I went to the great. Let me repeat that again. Can I say that again? It is the Prince of Wales, the oh. great Nairobi school. Uh, <laughs> yes, which happens, which happens to have some very, it has a great tradition of piano players, some of the great piano players in, in the country, even, even as of now, even the younger guys um, uh, come from Nairobi school. Um, so when I went to high school, there was this whole atmosphere of pianists. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, okay. So I started checking out a couple of pianists, and uh, at, I was still playing drums. And uh, I met a friend of mine who I used to go to church with called Kaima Mwiti, who, when we used to play in the... Because I also was playing at church, drums at that time. But any time I'd play drums and he was playing keyboards or piano, I'd be very attracted to his playing because he had all these strange notes that he'd add on the piano. Like, who, who taught you? What is all this music? So it's until probably in Form 3 that I discovered, ah, there's some style of music called jazz, which has got all these bent notes. At that time, like, it doesn't sound conventional, you know, like there are all these other nice colors inside. So probably it's in high school that I was like, hmm, I think this music thing is quite attractive. I actually wanted to be a pilot. Uh, that is what, that is my career aspiration, to be a... Either a com it was either a, a military pilot or a commercial pilot. So, but um, in, in in retrospect, there was mathematics and geography in Form Three that just made me uh, uh, reassess my <laughs> my goals. And so the story goes. And um, uh, after high school. <coughs> In between college, I did uh, what is called International Baccalaureate, which is like from five and six. I think it's those two years that I think I... Uh, actually, let me just remind. go back, remind a bit. Um, once upon a time, in 1997, Kaiman Witi, uh, at that time had finished his uh, uh, IB, well, decided to go on a tour to the States. So the church had no piano player. So I'd been doubling, I'd been like teaching myself. I was still playing drums, but I was like, okay, the piano sounds cool. So I'd been teaching myself. So, and, and at that time I didn't have a piano. The, the keyboard was, I felt was small. So I used to practice at church on weekends. I'd go and uh, anytime I'm not playing drums or even playing drums, I'd get there early and just teach myself how to play. So one day the, the, rehearsal for service they said they're no piano player why don't you play the piano i was like well i am not that great of a pianist but i'll try if they're simple songs i can at least try and accompany and uh, so one day i went the next day i sat and played it just as i say it just came it's god's gift uh it's like some some valves were opened in my mind and i could figure out some things and from then on, I was like, well, 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 well. This piano thing seems to be fun. And so, um, so for most of 1997, I say 1997, I ended up being the pianist for the church 
and so but i was still playing drums in high school um so i was playing both the drums and the piano so at that time i'd say it they were they were equal it was 100% drums 100% piano um and this also went on to ib when i went and did ib at st mary's um uh, st mary's has got a culture of great musicals and so in both both years um I found myself doing a lot of accompanying uh, in, in, as a drummer and as a pianist in a, a lot of the songs. So at that time, I was, I, was, I was playing both. So if you asked me, what do you play? I was like, I'm a pianist and I'm a drummer. Mm -hmm. So then after I did IB, as I was trying to get into college, um, I, uh, in 2000, um, a friend of mine called Julian Masharia uh, uh, told me, hey, uh, there's an opening at a studio. Would you like to come and... Um, the, the studio owner uh, wants someone who can play some keyboards. So by that time, I think I kind of had known how to play the, the, the piano. And the, the, the piano, I knew my chords. Uh, and that time, Kaima had come, and he's the guy that I'd go to, and like, can you show me a few arrangements, a mm -hmm. few changes? Mm -hmm. So I kind of knew my way on a, on a piano. So, um, so in January of, um, January of February of 2000, I joined the Johari Clef Studios, which is owned by, which still exists and owned by Bruce Odiambo. Mm -hmm. And um, my job was to help write jingles for for ads for TV and whatever. And um, that was my first time learning. It, now it was the other facet of music, if I may say, which is production. That's why now I learned how to produce yeah. using all this, yeah, this, the studio business. And it was also my t that, that at the time when I met all the Kenyan musicians that I'd been listening to, uh, from Eric Wainaina to Masimaira, Hardstone, and Nameless, you know. Um, so all of the guys, especially Kidum, especially, yeah, cause, cause especially Kidum, because we used to write a lot of uh, uh, jingles and they really liked his voice. So I started meeting all these this Kenyan big shots, you know, say big stars. And that happened for about a year and a half. Then uh, in 2000 is when I'd say that I stopped, I switched now permanently to be a pianist, as a keyboardist. Um, I have not played drums actively since then. Uh, so it's been about 17 years. I still do play drums. And I, anytime there's a setup, if I'm, if I'm on tour or at a gig, a drum kit is, is, <laughs> is, uh, is, is, is set up. I'd go and play just to make sure that I've not forgotten, just to keep my chops, uh, just basic chops, yeah. you know. So um, then the next year, which was 2001, I was invited to, uh, actually it's a very interesting story. Uh, there was this uh, group called the Youth for Christ who used to send a team of, uh, a group uh, to the States to go and raise funds, which was like a, uh, an entire, uh, it was a tour of a couple of states for a year. And um, Chris Adwar was actually slated to have been the one who was to travel. I've known Chris from high school. We went to the same high school. Kaima was also in, uh, may I mention that also Kaima was in Nairobi school. Um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Patch, 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 you keep in the chain, Changu. Oh, boy, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so, uh, so Chris was actually slated, he was the, the keyboardist. And because he, the reason why is because he also is a very good songwriter. So he had written a lot of songs for the group. 
But last minute, um, a friend of mine called Goyo Dera uh, called me and asked me, do you have a passport? I was like, why? And before, let me just actually say, that in 2000, I applied to go for Youth for Christ, but they, for some reason, they declined. So, and I tried, but it just didn't seem to work out. So, here comes 2001. Um, Chris uh, falls sick, so he's unable to travel. So, I was called, like, would you like to come and play? I was like, of course, sure. Uh, at that time, I think I'd also decided I wanted to be a musician. I'd killed the pilot thing. And so I was like, you know what? By the time I finished IB, I wanted to be a, a musician. Like, I wanted to pursue music as a career. So my decision to become a, to pursue music as a career was probably, I, was a, I think I was 19. If not 18, 19 is when I was like, I think music is what I want to do for the rest of my life. So I went on tour in 2001 for about a year as the, as the principal arranger and keyboardist um, with a, a couple of friends of mine. And so came back a year later, went back to Bruce's place, uh, stayed there for about a year and a half. And then in 2004, uh, I'd, I reconnected with a friend of mine called Kanji Mbugwa, who I had met in 2000 do, uh, as I was playing. At that time, let me actually say, I was playing, which artist was I playing with? Uh, I was playing for Pito Dera, I was playing with Susan Awio, I was everywhere. I was playing with Nasi Myra. So Pete Odera had a huge concert at the end of uh, 2000, and it ended up also being joined to what was a gospel um, Christian organization. I mean, it was like a conference slash concert called Generation 21. Mm -hmm. So I was Pete's keyboard player and his musical director. So he was invited to go and play at G21. So um, I, that was when I met Kanji Mbugu and. And they were play. He was in a group called Milele, or I don't know if he still is in a group called Milele. <laughs> shots are fired. Shots. Shots fired. So he's he's he is and was in a group called <laughs> Milele. So and at that time Milele were hot. Oh man, all the girls, all the girls wanted to do, you know. And so uh, I, I I I connected with him at that time. And so, oh, I've forgotten a very important thing. As I was working with Bruce after coming back, I was, I was also looking for opportunities to play. So I, myself and a friend of mine uh, called Kungu, uh, Kungu Mbathi and uh, uh, JJ Ojiambo, we all, were all playing at Nairobi Baptist. I moved from Lavington and I was playing at Nairobi Baptist Church. Because, you know, as a musician, if you want to be an instrumentalist, some of the places to play is church. church. So some of the greatest instrumentalists all over the world all started at church because church, I think that's one thing that churches do have is that, that very open, come, play, uh, do your thing, learn your instruments, and the instruments are always available. Yeah. So before, before uh, um, rehearsals for Sunday, myself and JJ and all this crew, and Wamai, uh, his, uh, we used to call him His Excellency, <laughs> uh, we used to call him his ex he used to ask, ask us to call him his excellent uh, uh, Henry Wamai was the drummer I was p on piano uh, Kungumbathi was uh, on bass and JJ Ojiambo was uh, on guitars so he formed this kind of quartetish that used to play at church mm -hmm. but I was also doing this studio thing so around 2002 
Um, I, I, a friend of ours said that there's this lady who has come back from the States. Her name is Kavuza. Uh, she's looking, she's trying to form a band, you know, and she's looking for opportunities to, to come. So she came and listened to us guys and like, are you guys interested in forming a band? Like, sure, man. You know, um, uh, we want any opportunities to play. So we, she's, she, she and, and her friend called Denya Masuko formed this, this group called Four Winds. So it ended up being a band, which, which was also a quasi-entertainment solutions thing. It was like a whole mm -hmm. mix of stuff. So a, ba a band was formed. So we'd play a lot of covers, a, a lot of... Uh, not At that time, we were doing a lot of original stuff. Then um, in 2003, Kongo uh, was asked by Eric. I, actually, Eric Onaina called me. I really want, at that time, one of the biggest dream gigs for me was to play with Eric Onaina. I'm like, mm -hmm. man, if I could play with Eric. I know Eric at that time, Sawa Sawa just come out. Yeah. There's a single called Ukweli. Man, Eric was an absolute inspiration. Actually, let me just say I met Eric in 1999 in, uh, in ID. Uh, in 1999, St. Mary's was celebrating its 60th anniversary. So he was invited as an old, old boy, if I may say, to come, and, uh, to come and do the celebration. And I happened to, have, to be playing one of his, uh, what is it called? Uh, at that time, it was called Kenya Only. <laughs> it was not even Daima. <laughs> and so I was very nervous when I was told he, came, he was coming. So I was introduced to him and all. So now... When I started working with Bruce, I, now that's when we started meeting because we were doing a lot of um, commercials, um, uh, writing. He was, he, was, he, was, he was singing in a lot of the jingles. So that's when now we, we met. Yeah. But then I went to the States, came back. So I get a phone call. This is sometime in 2003. Like, I'm looking for a bass player for my band. And at that time, there used to be a joint at Yaya Center called uh, Cafe Cream. So he used to, <laughs> he used to, he used to, he used to do a lot of shows there. Cafe Cream was such a nice place. I think it was third floor, I think, where where there's a there's a food court yeah. right now. Where that food court is upstairs, the yeah. Chinese restaurant. That's where Cafe Cream was. So uh, and the jazz bar. There used to be. I think it's not, it used to be called the jazz bar, and it ended up being called Cafe Cream. Anyway. Mm -hmm. So um, so he called me and he asked. Mm -hmm. I, I, I've got a gig in Sweden, in uh, in the Netherlands, in, uh, so uh, I'm looking for a bass player. I was like, ah, sure, I know a guy who's Alan Kung is fantastic. But I'm like, why don't you need a piano player? <laughs> so and so Kung got into Eric's band. So Kung was now playing in Four Winds, playing with Eric's band, touring, doing stuff. Then around that time, Sterling Quality Entertainment came calling and asked. Ah, it's a funny story. I think they 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 they. They decided to put up Sarafina. So um, one day I met Paul Oyer, who was, the, was like one of the owners of Sterling Quality. And I asked him if he needed our help. He's like, no, they had gotten some people. But then I told him, you know, us guys did it in St. Mary. So we know the music. I'm yeah. like myself, Kumu, and was, then I'm like, okay, since they've made their decision, it's fine. Lo and behold, a week before their first opening, we were called. Wow. Like the guys who, who they called couldn't understand the music. So we were called, we did the, the gig, and uh, in between, Kumu had to travel. At that time, I was like, man, if we could do, man, Eric, man. So, and then, um, fast forward to, to uh, later in 2003, 
I left Bruce's Bruce's studio because I think I wanted to be now more as a performer. Yeah. And so um, at that time, Sterling Quality had met with Eric and they decided to put up a big musical called Luanda, Man of Stone. Right. So one day, as I was rehearsing with um, Kungu uh, at church, he says, ah, I'm going, I asked him after the rehearsal, like, where are you going? I'm like, I'm going to, going for a rehearsal, which happened to be at Lavington United Church. I'm going to meet Eric. They're, they've started writing music for, for the play, which is in December. I think that was probably around August or two. So like, okay, let me tag along. So in my head, my mind, I was like, ah, oh, man, Eric, man, I want to play in his music. Because I really liked his music, you know. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I go, sit, down, sit in for, the re for, for, for rehearsal. So I think what ended up happening is that Eric was actually auditioning the music that he was going to do right. for Sterling Quality. He had not even put up a band. He had not even... So for some reason... Uh, that happened to be the day when the band was called, Eric's band was called. So he started introducing, and he just threw me in the deep end. <laughs> he said, and on piano, we're going to have Aaron Ribu. I'm like, oh. when, how, who, when did you have this conversation? But in my, my mind, I'm like, yes. finally. <laughs> but also, there was still not the finally, finally, because, you know, this is songs for musical. Me, I wanted to be in his band uh -huh. to play his music, you yeah. know. So anyway, I was like, I was very happy now to play, to play, do the musical. So musical, the musical rehearsal started. Then one day as we were rehearsing, now every, now the production is, uh, he asked me, do you know my music? As I always say, this, this is one tidbit I should say to all young musicians. If you want to play for someone, learn their songs. So the day mm. you're called, you're ready. you're ready. So I'd been teaching myself Eric's music. So he asked me, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I play for him, he's like, cool. So there was a thing called, um, what was that thing? It was a festival that was done in town, that was done by Sarakasi. Uh, forgot it, what is it called? Sar I think it was Sar Sarakasi Festival. Yeah. It was at uh, KICC. Man, I had so much fun. There's now playing all those big, big yeah. Eric songs. So now I ended up being in his band. And he asked wow. me to be his musical director. So I ended up being my gig. But then now, in 2004, I, it started clashing with Four Winds. Yeah, because Four Winds was already... Yeah. Yes. So, mm -hmm. uh, it, I was trying, I was managing. <laughs> yeah. But there are many times it clashed. So, I knew sooner or later I had to make a decision. Then, that decision came as a spanner in the works. In 2004, Kanji, who had been around, I'd been doing a lot of stuff with Kanji at Bruce's place because he was... Anytime I needed a singer, Kanji was the one who had get to come and do jingles. Right. So um, Kanji goes to the States for a tour for Milele, comes back in, in December or November of 2004, and he says, you know what? I'm opening up a studio. Would you like to come and help me run the studio? I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. And then he said he had already gotten in touch with a couple of artists who he, he had told that when he comes back, he's going to record. Yeah. So in 2005... Kijiji, Kijiji Records mm -hmm. was officially open. Kanji had been doing a lot of stuff before, but then now the studio, um, and that's the, I usually say that was, that's when now I, I was thrown in as a producer because out of that year, we were able to produce so many, from jazz records to River Road records to everything. Yeah. Um, producing for, for Dana Seda, uh, did Joseph Hellon actually, uh, uh, one of his his first record I did uh, we recorded 
We did, uh, there's, a, there's a competition called Kipawa Music. We recorded uh, Waire, recorded DNG, recorded Nema. We could, oh, wow. So many, so it was, we're only churning albums and then we're also printing them. But also now, to, now at the end of 2005, I usually say that that was a pivotal moment in my career. After producing Helen's album, which was a very, which was the, the, the first of its kind at that time, an instrumental yeah. saxophone record. Yeah. So we have finished it, we have launched it. So Kanji comes and says, since you have already produced this uh, and written a lot of the stuff for Helen, why don't you do your own record? I'm like, sure, really? Like, try. And so I took that challenge and I uh, locked myself inside the studio and in three weeks I was able to do what I call quote-unquote my first record mm -hmm. <laughs> which is Keys of Life right. and so and that is what now thrust me out as a as a performer. Thank you for tuning in to Chai Time the podcast. I hope that you are inspired to keep creating and doing what you love. Tune in next week for the second part and conclusion of Aaron's story. If you love this podcast, I'd love to connect with you on social media. Until then, dream, do, be. It's Chai Time, the podcast.